Hi, you are now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. Today you will hear a sermon from Pastor Frank Pizor. So without further ado, here he is. Let me start us off by just reading the verse from Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It reads, Look, behold, the virgin will conceive a child... She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Why don't we just bow our heads, close our eyes just for a moment, and just reflect on those three little words, or one, depending on how you want to do it, Emmanuel or God with us. Let's just take a few moments in our hearts, turn it into worship, turn it into prayer, whatever you would like. Emmanuel. God with us. It's so hard to put a finger on that or to wrap our arms or even our mind around such a concept that the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who created everything, would humble himself to become like us, to walk among us, to die for us, to rise, to reign, to rule. Father, grab our hearts and minds with this to the very core of our being. Mark it upon our hearts that you are with us. Amen. Well, I want to start out a little lighthearted. Just for a moment, if you can think of uh, a gift that you have received in the past that you have really, really appreciated. So I'll give you about 10 seconds to think through that. A gift that you have received in the past that you have really, really appreciated. All right, I'll share uh, some of my top gifts. Uh, I don't know how much you know me, uh, but I do love Star Trek. And uh, one year, the church gave me a a Star Trek Starfleet Academy t-shirt. I was touched. Because to me, they knew me, understand me, and they gave me an appropriate gift that I really liked. The same church gave me the box set of the immortal Yi Sun Shin K-drama. Not all 105 episodes, I sadly learned, but that was okay because they they got this from Korea just for me. And so I was really, really touched. Um, My daughter Kaylee uh, gives me cards for like birthdays. Excellent, well thought out, candy, heavy laden cards that I really appreciate. And uh, my wife and my daughter got me a blankie. I know that sounds weird, 58 year old guy sleeping with a blankie, but I love it. Uh, It keeps me warm at night because uh, it can get cold, and I like it hot. Um, I'm one of those people who would rather sweat like a pig than freeze like a penguin. So I love that gift. How many of you have ever heard something like, uh, a brand new day is the gift that keeps giving? Okay, a few of us. And uh, I would say one of the worst gifts that I ever get on a daily basis is a brand new day. 
I don't know about you, but when I wake up, I wake up to all kinds of thoughts and doubts, struggles that come to mind and flood my mind instantly the second I'm up. And when I lay in bed, I struggle with this gift of a new day because my thought is, I really don't want to move on. Uh, I really don't want to get up. It's just so much easier if I could just lay here and let life go by. And that struggle comes at me every day. In fact, as I was reflecting on this, I thought to myself, I don't remember the last day when I got up and I said, man, seize the day. Today is the day for the bold kind of thing. And it's that struggle. But I get up every day because there is a sense to me that God is with us. God is with me. Not because I am special, anything but. It's just because God is with us. And so today I, I want to talk about that gift of Jesus, that Emmanuel, that God with us, and how it changes our lives completely. There's three ways I want to look at this. The first one is God above us. Then I want to look at God with us. And ultimately, God in us. God above us. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 40, verses 12 and 15. I'm going to read these first, describe them for you, ask you to use a little bit of your imagination with me here, and then we'll talk about what they mean. Isaiah wrote, Who else has held the oceans in his hand? Who has measured off the heavens with his fingers? No, for all the nations of the world are but a drop in the bucket. They are nothing more than dust on the scales. He picks up the whole earth as though it were a grain of sand. Now, use your imagination with me. If you can, cup your hand for a minute like this. And imagine if you were God and you put the oceans that exist on our planet in the cup of your hand, you would now begin to understand how big God is. I mean, for us to cross the Atlantic or the Pacific and all that ocean That is there to imagine that someone can just hold them in the cup of his hand and be in control. To imagine that he has measured the heavens that we live in. So if you want to take your hand again from the pinky finger to the thumb, if you can imagine the God who is here that Isaiah is describing holds the heavens right here. Like a pencil sometimes that we might hold, a smaller pencil, but God is so big that everything just fits right here for him. The nations are but a drop in the bucket. Have you ever been in a race and you had to carry a bucket of water and a little water drops out? Do you, when that happens, do you stop and go, oh, <coughs> I got to get that. I got to get that little bit. Of, no, it's so trivial. It doesn't matter. You keep moving forward. That's the nations to God. Just a drop in the bucket. That's how large he is. We are nothing more than dust on scales. He holds the whole earth as a grain of sand. Like, how many of you like rice or have rice with any of your meals? Right? Put a grain of rice there and think, yep, that's kind of what all this looks like to God. This is God. This is the transcendent God. This is a God who has created the heavens and the earth. This is the God who sustains the heaven and the earth. This is the God who cares for the 8 billion people that wander our planet. And he cares not only as a large group, but as individuals. This is the God who is with us. 
This is the transcendent, bigger than anything God who is with us. Can you imagine that? Can you really comprehend what God has done by becoming like us? And, and how did he do it? He left eternity to experience our world. He left his majesty to experience humiliation. He left his riches to experience poverty. Why? Why does this large, grand, vast, immense, great God do this? Because when you can finally understand that God is above us, you can eventually grasp what it really means that God is with us. Because the sense that God is above us says that I really am above everything. And what this does is it gives us hope. Because when we recognize that Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us, was once God above us, we now have the hope that the God who controls it all has stepped into our world and can change the world. And it gives us a sense of hope. Because when you wake up in the morning, and if you feel like I do, and you wonder, is this really worth it? Am I just wasting my time? Could I be doing something better? The sense that the God above it all has come to live among us gives me hope that what we do is not worthless. It has value. It means something. This great, grand God focused on all of us. Because secondly, it gives us this sense of God expressing his love to us. You see, the fact that he left it all for us in the midst of our sin, our mess, our chaos... In the midst of all of that, he has said, I will go. I will go. And I will walk among the people. God above us. The transcendent God who's created the heavens and the earth has humbled himself to come and walk among us. We cannot really understand what it means, Emmanuel, God with us, until we understand that God above us has done something so great as to come and walk among us. Leads us to the second thing. We go back to our verses, Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. This is God with us. Look, behold. And, and I don't know if I'm saying that properly. I, I wonder if it's more like, look. It's, it's almost like if, if I, I don't, this is a little awkward. I almost went to an awkward moment. I was going to say, if I went up to Pastor Jeff and I grabbed his face, that's a little awkward. So just sharing that with you. A little awkward, but imagine if, if, just, if God comes up to you and grabs you by the face and he says, look, behold, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. The transcendent God has now come to us. That little baby in a manger was the fullness of God in that little child. He humbled himself to become like us. He dwelt among us. He made this place his home. He lived the very life that we live. He walked among us. It's not like you could say 
He didn't understand what was going on. He understood completely. He walked this life with us. Like, if you came up to me and said, this week I was in a car accident, I could say, man, I can empathize with that. I feel sorry for you. I'm sorry the car was totaled. I'm glad no one was hurt. That's great. But you know what? I wasn't in a car accident, so I really can't feel what you feel. What Jesus has done by being God with us, he's saying, what you feel, what you sense, what you live, what you went through, I have also gone through. When Jesus becomes God with us, he accepts the hardship, the isolation, the ill treatment, the malice, the misunderstanding, and ultimately a horrible death. How so? Let's look at this. Jesus was a man of sorrows. Jesus in scripture is known as a man of sorrows. What was he sorrowful about? The fact that as transcendent God, creator of the heavens of the earth, came to a place where it was supposed to be like the Garden of Eden, instead was ruined and marred and destroyed by sin. That as he's walking among people and he's seeing the pain and the sin and the difficulty, his heart breaks. He's a man of sorrows. I've been doing partnership visitation, and as as I hear what's going on in people's lives, I can understand the sorrow, the sadness that's there based on what people have gone through and are going through and will one day go through. It's painful to imagine being the transcendent God who made it all with the hope and plan that everything would be good is now destroyed. Jesus is a man of sorrows. He chose to do that. He was criticized and hated. How many of you love criticism that's negative and draining? Come on, raise your hand. There's got to be somebody who loves to have somebody come up to them and say, dude, you, you suck, man. What you do is horrible. I mean, I've never seen anyone do anything worse than you. It would be like if I was doing the videos instead of my daughter, you would say, bro, give it up, man. Do not get, keep your day job. No one on, not one of us here loves to be criticized. And yet Jesus heard it constantly. In fact, they were planning constantly, how can we get rid of this guy? Luke 9 tells us that Jesus was homeless. And at the end of his life, Jesus, alone by himself in the garden, as his disciples slept, thinking tomorrow's a day of great victory, Jesus is thinking, not so, guys. Not going to happen. Jesus chose to come. And in the end, what did his disciples do? They betrayed him. They all fled. They took off. Imagine in your deepest crisis that the friends that you have here at church, you're struggling with the deepest crisis that you have, and everybody leaves and goes, oh, I don't know him. I want nothing to do with him. Absolutely nothing. And the worst part? To be beaten, to be scorned, and to be crucified. That's the choice that Jesus makes. Jesus could have said, sorry, dudes, I would rather stay here than to go there where it's not. Think about this. Do you ever grieve relationship or through death? Do you grieve? God is with us. Jesus is with us in that. Have you ever felt criticized or hated? Do you have people tell you you are not worthy? You haven't done enough. You need to do more. You could do this better. It could be parents. It could be a boss. It could be children. It could be coworkers. But somebody comes along and all they do is criticize and you feel that heaviness. God is with us. Jesus was there. Have you ever felt alone? Sometimes I have to confess, even as a pastor at this church, I feel alone even in the crowd. 
Have you ever felt alone? Do you wake up feeling alone? Do you go to sleep feeling alone? Do you drive places feeling alone? God is with us. Have you ever been betrayed by anyone? Someone who has let down your trust? Someone who you really cared for? They, they, they broke your heart? God is with us. And have you ever suffered the grievous loss of anything? So devastating that you just sat there paralyzed. God is with us. You see, Jesus can empathize with us because really what this is, it's telling us three things. Number one is that God loves us. God loves me. God loves you. God loves the world. God loves us all. If we really thought about who we are, and I had this thought this week. I had this thought to myself, and I said, Bro, you are so selfish. It's like everything is wrapped around you. My great sins are not great sins other than the sin of I think about myself too much and too highly. To imagine that I do not love God like I would like to, and yet God would say, I love you. I will come in that mess. I will live with you. I will dwell with you. I will be with you is absolutely amazing to me that God would do that in light of who we are. What a way to say, I love you. I think most of us struggle being around toxic people, right? I do. It's not a joy. There there are people who suck the life out of me. And yet, what does Jesus do? He steps into that world because God is with us. A second thing it tells us, in our grief, our persecution, our loneliness, We are never, because God promises never to leave us, nor forsake us. It's kind of like, again, I I share this. Please don't judge me. I do watch Chicago Fire. Okay, how many of you raise your hand you just judged me? Uh, Even if you did, it's okay. Well, maybe not. Maybe I should change. But anyway, when I watch that show, it's like the show, the writers of the show understand the idea of I got your back. No matter what, I am with you. And all I can hear is when it's God with us, it's Jesus saying, I love you. I am with you. You are never alone. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Is again a message of hope and the fact that God expresses his love. And in our most painful betrayals and our deepest grief, God is with us. Because when Jesus walks among us, he walks among us. And, and the, the hope and the expression of love that we can experience is because God is with us, not in the mess of the world, but in our own mess. In the places where we know that we should have done better, and yet didn't, because we loved ourselves more than we loved someone else, or even God. God says, but I'm still here. I'm still here. When I lie in bed in the morning, I can hear those words later on. When they finally come, I'm with you. Because God is with us. Third thing, God is in us. We have God above us, God with us, and God in us. Here's the beautiful thing. This, is, this, this part two just amazes me, the fact that God has planted his life within us. His life with. Look what Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, live in us, can say, God, you have given me your life. 
You're my father. We can cry out to our father in our time of need. By giving us the Holy Spirit, we can be free from the power of sin. Romans chapter 8. If you struggle with something and you can't seem to get over it, God is with you. The Spirit is in you. You have value. You have worth. None of you here are worth a trillion dollars. Sorry. Because God has said you are worth more. You are worth more. You are worth the blood of my son. You are worth more. There is great value in everyone here because God is with us. And ultimately, God is in us. This gives us the confidence that Jesus says, it is finished. It's done. It's over. You can know me now. We have that confidence. We can also have the confidence that we will know him forever because he has placed down this deposit that has said, this is it. This is the spirit of God in you that now says to you, you have life now and forever. Emmanuel, God with us. Strengthened by the fact that God is above us that he is with us, he walks with us in our mess, and he places his own life in us. So what does that lead us to? Three invitations. First invitation. An invitation to enter into worship. Think about this. The Almighty God, the all-encompassing God, who created the heavens and the earth, who basically created everything, has humbled himself to bring us to himself. How can you not worship? As a follower of Christ, how can you not worship and recognize, wow, how can God do such, why? And and it should lead us to worship. To thanksgiving, thank you. For have ever gone out of your way, above and beyond what you should. I can remember one Christmas for, for my daughter Christina, our oldest. And some of you might have never, ever been a great kid. And I just remember I had to get her a puppy. Not a real puppy. <laughs> we have a puppy now, and sometimes I wonder why. But <laughs> what are those puppies that she really wanted for Christmas? I drove all the way downtown on like December 23rd. Enduring the crowds to get it for, to go and above behind. What a small, trivial thing in the light of what God has done for us. Why would you want to not know? You know what I mean? I mean, mean, you'd want to know a God who is willing to do whatever it takes in order to bring himself to you. It would lead us to what? Worship. And it's an invitation to relationship, to experience eternal life. To experience life as it is supposed to be. Not to wake up in the morning feeling like, why? But why not? Or what's next? Or this is awesome. Because God is with us. The God above us is the God with us. And he's also the God in us. It's an invitation to enter into confident and secure rest. You don't have to perform to be better. 
As I argue with my brother on Wednesdays, and we don't really argue, but it's one of the running jokes. It's always, I need to be better. I need to do better. This needs to be better. And the answer is no, that's not the answer. The answer is to confidently rest in who Jesus is and what he's done. It is finished. Following Jesus is not about performance. It's about surrender. Surrendering to a transcendent God who is walking with us, who has placed his life within us, and that gives us a confidence that no matter what happens in the ugliest of circumstances, that God is with us. Now, the unfortunate struggle of life is that there's many a time, and if not all of us, maybe sometime in your life, we experience that dark night of the soul and we wonder, where is God? God is with them. And whatever we go through, whatever we have gone through, whatever we will go through, God is always with us. And sometimes it gets dark and it gets hard and you don't want to get out of bed. And maybe some days you just don't. But you see, Christmas is about the greatest gift that God has ever given mankind. The Son that we might have life. And he broadcasts it. And he says, I am here. I love you. I am with you. And I will never leave or forsake you. That we take by faith. Many apostle experienced a gruesome death. Many a martyr have experienced gruesome deaths. Many martyrs today, the same but many will still stand in worship. They're in a relationship with God with a confidence that he will never leave them and forsake them and say, God is with us. Let's pray. I'm going to give us about two minutes of silence. I will not talk much. I'm just going to encourage you to do one thing in three ways. To simply reflect God is above us, God is with us, and God is in us. If that's the only thing that you reflect on, think on, pray through, give thanks for, now's your time. I'm going to give us about a minute and a half or so of silence before the worship team takes us up in moments of praise through song. Father, in Genesis We read that you created the heavens and the earth. You created everything. That all works itself out. There's a discussion for later. Whether we consider you to be the impetus for the Big Bang. Or we go with a literal seven days. We read in your word that you have created everything. It was good, and you love it. Millennia and millennia upon millennia later. Even in our modern world, we still recognize the world that we live in is chaos. Unless we're blind, we can't hear the hatred that spills forth from people these days. 
because of political parties or ideological beliefs. The way there's so much relational conflict that we struggle through at home or at work or at church or even just a store when we feel like we got ripped off. We need to tell someone it's not fair. To recognize that you would come into a world like this when you could have just been hands off. I just, I can't imagine it. I think I'm just too lazy sometimes to even think about how, how great it is, how immense you are as a God to step down into all of this when you could have started all over, but didn't. And you walked among us because you love us. And you want to give us a hope, a sense of hope that this really does matter. There's something that's important here. And we want to recognize that we have value and worth that you have placed on us that nobody else really does. The fact that you will never leave us, that you will never forsake us, that you will always be there even in our darkest of nights. Again, an expression of love, a sense of hope, and a confidence that we can have that because you have placed your life in us, we can know you now and we can know you forever. I pray, God, these are just theological concepts that mean absolutely nothing unless you burn them upon our soul, unless in some way, shape, and form you touch us, you mark us, You fill us with eternal life, with the life of Jesus. Because you, Jesus, becoming God with us was not a holiday, was not a vacation, was not a short-term missions trip. It was an expression of love. So, Father, I pray all of us here will understand how much you love us and how much you love this world that we live in how much you love every person to imagine that is just beyond what we can imagine but I pray burn it in our hearts change our lives with this life that you have placed within us and I pray it in Jesus name amen Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.